Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of sales skills. This week, we have Shandel Labazetta back to talk about closing techniques and closing strategies. Of course, Shandel has authored a terrific book, which is called Confident Closing. So Shandel is well-placed to talk about closing more confidently. Today, we're going to cover off four closing techniques that you can use to help your sales momentum and keep it alive as well as what you need to do before to make sure you have actually earned the right to ask for the order in the first place. Before we jump into this episode, Shandell has offered each of you an audio copy of Confident Closing for free. All you need to do is scroll down to the show notes and simply follow those links to pick up your own copy. Now, let's talk about Confident Closing with Shandell. Shandell, welcome back to the Boss Podcast. Super excited to be here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks so much for having me back. <laughs> well, you know, it's our most popular guest come back for a second time. You're only the third person, I think, to come back a second time. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well done to you. Thank you. Well, what a pleasure. We had such a lovely time and a great chat last time. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, we, we really did. So, and if those of you who are listening haven't heard Shandell's previous podcast, make sure you go and check that out. That's in the in the back catalog and that's really easy to see. And you can just search for Shandell Labazetta uh, and you'll find her name in the title. So that's easy to grab. So Shandell, again, thanks for coming on. Today, we're going to talk about something else um, and we're going to be talking about closing. And of course, the reason why we're doing this is you've written a great book, Confident Closing, uh, which I've read and you can tell by the by the dog-eared nature of the book. It's a great book. I really like it. It covers a whole angle of selling. It's really valuable for a lot of people. So, But today, we're going to be talking about closing. Before we get into that, I just want to agitate you a little bit. 2022, it doesn't feel like you know closing is a sales strategy that a lot of people really need to be doing. It, you know, it feels like we've moved towards authentic selling, that sort of stuff. So, Shandell, wh- why should we be focusing on on closing in today's sales environment? Well, look, just for a second here, I think it's really important that we define closing because I think when people think about closing, you know, they're thinking about the fact that you know we're hard no sales tactics. You know, really pushing people into you know buy or die kind of, and that's definitely, definitely not what we've got in mind here. You know, none of this manipulative sales you know, stuff that, you know, a lot of people have these ideas when they think of um, of closing. And and at you, as you read the book, you probably saw in the foreword that originally I wanted to call the book Feeding Salt to Horses. And that's, you know, that premise of the fact that, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But if you feed it salt, it'll be thirsty and it'll drink because it's thirsty and it wants to, not because it's been forced or drowned in the water. And I think, you know, when I talk about confident closing, that's really about what we're leading people to do to, to make those decisions where it's just a no-brainer to say yes, you know, and and how do we do that? So, yeah, yeah. Look, I think I think that's imp- that's really super important today. So, you know, we, nobody really wants to be manipulating or or creating a situation where people are buying something that they don't want to buy. No, definitely not. And then you get remorse. So, you know, th- it's, it often doesn't work out how you think it would anyway, even if people are trying to force people into buying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But but what I do see is, you know, so let's call this, you know, maybe even conversion. You know, like so if we're converting people into sales, like people still salespeople really struggle with that last hurdle, you know, don't they? So that they, they really do feel challenged about, you know, how do I get Shandell to agree to move forward? How do I get Shandell to agree to take the, you know, the ultimate next step, which is sign the document, transfer the money, you know, make the agreement, whatever it is for each individual. So, you know, what are the some of the things that we need to do in order to try and set ourselves up to be good? at this conversion piece. 
Yeah, look, I think it's a really it's a really great question, Mark, because you see a lot of the time when I when I talk with people when they first approach me, you know, they they're kind of looking for either that last step where they actually want to get people across the line and 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 take that step where they actually you know take action um, and. In most cases, a lot of the time they haven't set themselves up for for that to happen. And so, um, in the book Confident Closing, we talk about you know the, the the mindset and the element of you know how you show up as a sales professional and the way that you engage. But more importantly, do you have a process that you follow where you're you know actively engaging with the with the customer? You know, doing a proper needs analysis, not just from what can my product do, but also you know what holistically is going on for the client. Um, what do they need? You know, how do you educate them and inform them? And if you do those things right then often what what the result of that will be is that objections don't come up as part of the asking process because you've answered all of those objections as part of the pitch and then it's just a no-brainer solution to actually go to that next step and so while I believe that you know there are different closing tactics which of course we can cover off today if, you, if you'd like to explore a few of them I think that one of the most important things for our listeners to, to think about is that you know artful salespeople when they do it right in terms of setting up the sale um, the close really becomes a transition of just kind of like well in, in most cases certainly in my own experience and my clients experience when they follow a certain framework to set up the sale often it's the client coming and saying well what's the next step how, how do we get involved in this and so you know you don't actually need a, a specific closing tactic if you do it really well. Yeah. So, so 100% agree. So, that you know, the, the more work you do on the front half, you know, it, earning the money, it's easier to collect the money on the back half. 100%. What a great way to express it too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I'm 100% I'm 100% aligned with that. I think, I think that's fantastic. And like a lot of things in sales, you know, salespeople often look for tactics or techniques to do something right in that step of the process. But what's really happening now is a result of what you did or didn't do one, two, three steps earlier. Exactly. Right? So, so if you haven't built enough rapport and credibility right, or trust, so rep- I think rapport and credibility equals trust, right? So if you haven't built enough rapport and credibility, then it's going to be much harder for them to sign the document or give their agreement to you, right? So if you've moved yeah. too fast- you know, and, and that's that's just one example. If you haven't done enough questioning, yes. you know, if you haven't really figured out what it is that they're trying to achieve, then when you do your pitch, maybe you're going to miss those important pizzas. And then yes. therefore, we find it hard to move forward on the closing technique. But people ring me up and say, hey, Mark, I'm having this trouble with this deal. I need some closing techniques. Yes. But when I dig a bit deeper, it's like, actually, you don't need closing techniques. You just need to be better at building rapport. You need to be better at questioning yeah. questioning exactly yeah finding yeah, yeah, yeah. the need that's actually going on exactly and and look you know i'm sure familiar you know we have a we have a methodology of the five steps to sales success you know build trust and rapport ask the right questions and i often say that the quality of your questions will determine the quality of your result you know, find the need, build the need, and then of course close. And when doing all of those things right, often objections don't come up. Um, and if they do, then they're answered through education and, and through really understanding the deeper skepticism of the client or the hesitation. I mean, people genuinely, if we think about our buyers and our, our prospects and clients, people just want to feel safe that the investment that they're making is going to deliver the thing that's going to solve the pain and that they're not going to be jibbed in the process. Yep. Okay, so I think that we've covered that off, but I think what we should do is is maybe just walk through your five, 
key points because that'll provide the framework for us to then go into the into the closing techniques. And if you are listening, we will provide you with some techniques for you to use if you're in that situation. So so what were those five again, Shandell? Yeah, so the first step is obviously to build trust or to build rapport. I don't know if you feel the same, but sometimes I hear the word rapport and I think it's been a bit over overused in terms of, you know, yes, we've got matching and mirroring, but really what it's about is about creating a deep sense of trust. You know, resistance is shallow and acceptance is deep. And so, you know, if we can build that little bit of trust, build that rapport, you know, get people comfortable to be able to share their situation and we can do that through a range of different things by you know finding associations finding common ground matching and mirroring um you know through um you know what we know about their history which then leads to point number two which is about you know asking questions and so you know i think good quality open-ended questions that are not leading questions will obviously and 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 more frequently give you the information that you really need where the client's selling themselves whereas i think you know i've seen so many sales teams you you know, I, don't get me wrong, I think that there's there's relevance in having kind of like scripted questions so you don't miss anything, but at the same time, leaving the questions open enough that the person can then I- explain their situation rather than giving you a, nest, a, a yes or no response, which then kind of limits the conversation to, well, you know, this is all you really asked me. So, you know, really good quality questions that allow you to explore the client's situation or the prospect's situation. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think we see a lot of those mistakes in in the qualification piece. You know, so Bant, for example, oh, I've got to ask you, do you have a budget? Yeah. You know, and it just seems like it's a it's a box ticking exercise. You know, it, that's not a it's not a questioning strategy. And, and no, absolutely, I totally agree with you. And you know, I cringe when I hear that word because you know, any intelligent person is not going to tell you really what they're going to be spending. You know, everybody's always looking to get a, an effective deal, so it's kind of a moot point. So you know, I like to find out on that point. Uh, you know, as a little sideline, I like to find out what's the value of their top value client, or what's the you know, what kind of revenue does their top value client spend with them in a year? And it gives you an idea of kind of like how you can create contrast frames between, you know, if you don't do this solution, then what's the potential losses or the opportunity cost? And so, you know, being intelligent about your questioning, not asking questions that are, you know, somewhat obvious and what you won't get an honest response to. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we got into as far as two, didn't we? Rapport, building, questioning. What's three, four and five for us? One more more key point on the questioning. You know, Mm -hmm. often people ask questions for the sake of asking questions. So, So one other thing that I'll add in that is, you know, when you're asking questions, team, please ask the question and zip your mouth and use the two ears, yeah? Um, You know, your client, your prospect will actually reveal a lot of their buying strategy when they're conversing with you in the answers to the question. So, you know, a lot of of data is being collated here, take lots of notes, and then, of course, we're we're finding the need here where we find, well, what is their real need? And, And sometimes... The surface need is very obvious to us, but beneath that, there is the emotional impact of the problems or the challenges that they're experiencing. And and if you caught the last podcast, you know, we talked a little bit about the subconscious mind and how people will buy emotionally and then justified, uh, you know, logically. So this is the time when you're actually finding out the impact of the problem that you're you're looking to serve with. And I think that's a really key point in terms of identifying the need and and cross-checking with the person to say, so what you're saying is this is the problem. And then we move into to where we build the need and so by testing and measuring that with the prospect and saying so if we could do this together then that would mean this for you or what would it mean to you so really building that need in their own mind and then of course moving into the close where you know one of the biggest things that I find for for some novice salespeople is they do all this work at the front end of the sale and then they don't actually ask for the sale. 
Um, so it's an important part to just actually ask. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I see it all the time. And when I listen to phone calls, you know, and I say, oh, where did you, you know, go, oh, no, I asked twice. And then you play it back and there's no, there is no ask. No, that's right. And, and that's the assumption that a lot of people make, you know, they think, oh, well, uh, you know, I've said all of this stuff. So, so clearly, you know, the person's ready to move forward, but it's not always obvious to them. And, I, you know, sometimes the, the hesitation in asking can do with itty bitty shitty committee around, um, you know, pricing, or they think that the person won't, won't want to pay or or they get hesitate, hesitant about asking or revealing pricing strategies. So really important that we actually give the, the, the person the option to actually opt in by asking them, hey, would you like to do some business together? <laughs> yeah, I think that. Look, and I, I love the way you talked about pricing confidence in, and, you know, how our own approach to money impacts that. I, I think a lot of people miss that. I thought that was really gold in the book. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And yeah. I think the example that I used in the book was a lady who I was genuinely interested in investing in some services, and I won't give the whole story now, but basically I, I, I kind of asked her about how we move forward and, and over 15, 20 minutes she avoided talking about the actual investment and I was really ready to buy and her lack of ability to tell me the pricing really made me lose confidence in the recommendations that I'd had that she was a great service offering. So, you know, we can, we can undo ourselves if we bring you know our money decisions into those sales conversations yep and i think 2022 with 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 capacity constraints around how much we can actually have to sell for a lot of organizations pricing price discounting or discounting in sales is going to be a real challenge for a lot of businesses yeah and i think yeah. getting ahead of that psychology is really really important for reasons you just mentioned 100 yeah. so i think that's our process yes that is our process so so we've done that and we're like okay I'm not confident in asking. What are some te techniques or strategies that I could use, Shandell, to get somebody to say yes to my to my offering? Let's say I've done all those other things that we just talked about and I've done them right. W where do I go? What are some techniques we could use? Yeah, look, I think, I, I, you know, the very simple thing that sort of encompasses, I'm going to share uh, four different types of um, closing strategies with everybody today. And I think that, you know, if I could put a caveat on all of them is that, you know, it's really important that we actually ask. And so, you know, we just talked about the importance of asking and presenting a clear offering for people, make it easy to understand, tell people how to engage. And so, you know, the, the first one that I want to share with you in terms of a, a, a tactic itself is what we call an assumptive close. And so, you know, this is where, you know, you've, you've educated, you've informed, you've had a great conversation, you've got great rapport and you say, look, you know, with everything that we've kind of gone through, you know, it seems like this would be a really good fit. So are you ready to, to, to get started or would you like me to prepare the paperwork or, you know, we've got some availability to get you started and onboarded within the next couple of weeks, you know, what would work for you? And so we're kind of assuming the sale already and, and putting someone in that position where it's like we're ready to move through to the next steps. And look, you know, I, I'll put a, I'll put a uh, little warning sign on this that if rapport is low or you have haven't built the rapport to the level that you'd want, um, the assumptive close can sometimes come across as being a little abrasive, right? Like you haven't actually asked a question. So really important when you're using the assumptive close and you're sort of assuming the sale that it's already moving forward. Um, and, you know, you could do this by, you know, proposing dates in the diary to get started. You could do it by, you know, presenting a contract or a credit application, regardless of, you know, what your process is, you could just assume the sale as if, you know, it's clear we're moving forward. So, just make sure you have lots of rapport and that you're in the right place. <laughs> and full transparency, this one is my favourite to use in in my own consulting business. So obviously, the next step when people agree is putting a date in the diary, right, for the for the first training session. So yeah. instead of saying do you want to go ahead, I just say, well, Wendy, what's the best day for us to do the first session? 
100%. So you just uh, jump straight to the next step, the, the next conversation, the next question that you would need to ask if they'd agreed to go ahead. Yes. And, and if they go, oh, well, let's do it on, you know, March the 23rd. They're ready go, to go. There's, there's <laughs> nothing else to ask. You know, I, I'll just throw something in here about the assumptive close because, I, Mark, I don't think it's just in the end of the sales process. I think that we can do an assumptive close at each step of the sales cycle. So if you're making an appointment with somebody, it's that, you know, that, that alternative choice question of, so, you know, is next week or the week after a better time for us to meet for that appointment or, you know, the, you can use the assumptive close in, at each stage of the sales cycle. Yep, yep. That's a, yeah, so the, an alternative close in the assumptive piece. I like it. assumptive piece, exactly. <laughs> Bringing it all together with all the jargon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think all these things have got 15 different names each, right? So, 100%. Just depends who you were learning it from or reading it, <laughs> reading about it with. <laughs> Correct. Okay, so what, what else have we got? What's next? The second closing tactic is, is uh, you know, a little bit harsher. We call it the sharp angle close or the direct close. And, and this is where, you know, we just actually sort of say, so are you ready now to do business based on all of the things that we've talked about? Um, you know, it, it's really important that um, you, you solve these things and these are the consequences. So, you know, we really needed to get this done yesterday. You know, when's a good time for us to, you know, get this started this afternoon? And so it's, it's much more direct. It's, 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 it's actually assuming a little bit, a little bit more authority in that piece uh, and, and really pushing the client to take action right away. Again, very important to have rapport in this process. Um, and sometimes uh, it is actually about it, this this technique and the fourth one that I'll share with you, the challenger close, actually have a lot of similarities. And so I'll unpack it a little further when we get to the challenger close, yeah? Okay, no problem. Um, so so, so how did that sound? That was, look, based on everything that we've talked about so far, yeah, this is the cost of you not doing this. So, you know, whether whether it's with me today or whether it's with somebody else, you need to take action on this and we must do it now. So, you know, and, and really painting out the consequences of that and and and, and being quite direct about the 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 impacts if it if it's not going to happen. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Next up. Yeah, so our, ne our next one is our consultative or our trusted advisor. And so I think that sometimes what can happen, and, th and this is probably something that a lot of people are going to see in, in 2022, um, you know, with hesitations in the marketplace, people getting back on their feet, but also not having confidence around timings of different things. Um, this is where we, we get the, uh, you know, the soft rejection uh, and, and someone sort of saying, well, I'm not ready right now, but I'm really loving what you're doing. And so I think that the consultative sale is very much about assuming an understanding understanding of everything that's going on for that person and making recommendations. And so what this does is it, is it builds reciprocity. Um, and so um, it may not be a, 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 a close for you right now for your product or service, but if, if those of you that may have heard of The Trusted Advisor, it's a great book. The author escapes me right now, but perhaps we can put it in the show notes. You know, when you move in and you actually help people with the challenges that are impacting their ability to engage and you actually, through your, your questioning technique, have found out more around the challenges that surround, you know, their situation, you may, you know, by referral say, look, you know, you said that you were having some challenges with this particular area of your business. We don't do that sort of thing, but we know that by you solving that, then you'll be more ready and more willing for us, our solution to come in. I want to introduce you to this partner that we work with who can really help with that at the moment. And so it's actually assuming kind of this trusted advisor, building that authority, and it actually often builds the relationship to the point where someone will say, well, if they're actually, it, it overcomes that bias of this person's just telling me what I want to hear because they want to sell their stuff. 
And, you know, usually a delay of, you know, oh, we can't do it until next year or we need to wait a few months turns into, hey, that was really helpful that you introduced me to that person and I was thinking about the timing and we probably should do it now. So it's actually building the authority without actually presenting your things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it certainly does. And the book was written by David Meister. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And and it's it's a it's it's a diff, it's not a difficult read. It's dry. It's a it's an old school sales book. It's pretty dry going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the that, premise I think is still very relevant because a lot of the time, you know, that deep sense of relationship and that reciprocity that's built by. Well, I, I don't know if you see this too, Mark. I imagine that you do. That there are some salespeople that perhaps if they can't get business out of the prospect that's in front of them now, they kind of drop it and think, oh well, I'm going to abandon that because there's nothing in it for me right now. Whereas I think that whole process of actually, it, it, you know, there are going to be some ready to buy now buyers, and there are going to be people that are, you know, they'll buy within the next say six to you know 18 months of engaging with you so it's always important to con- continue to nurture those yeah and I, th- I think we said it at the start but like this is almost like the slow down the speed up thing right so so if you take the pressure off the sale and go you know what doesn't sound like you're ready you've got to get a crm in place before i can help you with the you know marketing for example um would you like me to tie it out, tie you in with somebody from a xyz crm company the trust level like i said goes up because you're slowing down the sale and the and the prospect says well hang on a second if they're not rushing to tie me into a contract maybe you know they do have my best interest at heart best interest at heart absolutely yeah yeah well done okay so challenger sales so what uh, challenge challenge, no sales. sorry Challenger close. Challenger close. Yeah. So, so the challenger close uh, and and the process of the challenger close is one that I'm I'm I really I really like. It's it's certainly in my preference um, around the way in which we we really build rapport with people and and it kind of ties in a little bit to the trusted advisor um, and the mentality of that. So there was a fantastic book um, written by um, uh, Brent Adamson and Matthew Dixon called The Challenger Sale and it was a longitudinal study that they did and they identified five different profiles of of styles of closing and you know we had the relationship salesperson the the wolf salesperson the problem solver and then of course we had the challenger sale and so you know what they identified was that these people were successful um at different times over different you know economic situations and what they learned was the challenger sale was the most successful across all different economic climates and i think this is really pertinent based on what's going on in our environment and our world today because we've got all these objections and these obstacles. And so what the idea here is is that the challenger sale is willing and confident enough to challenge the client's methodology or their thinking based on what's good for them. So it's, you know, we're not talking about going in and arguing with your clients for the sake of having an argument with them. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's the willingness to actually say, look, you know, Mr. Client, you said that X, Y, and Z was important to you. And so, you know, when you think that you need this solution, which from my perspective, it'll deliver you only 50% of the outcome that you're looking for. What you really haven't thought of yet and what I want to bring to your attention is, you know, ABC over here. And so by doing this, we can actually get you, you know, 100% of the solution rather than 50%. And so I know that you called me in to look at this, but actually what you're not noticing, because what we do know about human psychology is people think that they know what they need. And often when we, we dig a bit deeper, we find that the solution that they think that they needed is actually something different from what's actually going to help. And so I think that confidence, and this comes back to the mindset, which I talk about consistently in the book, is that 
you need to be certain within yourself and have the authority within yourself to be able to challenge the client for their best interests. And like the trusted advisor, people will often respect the fact that you're not just coming in there to be an order taker, that you're actually willing to challenge them for what's best for their outcomes. And one of the questions that I like to ask as part of this challenger sale mentality and the challenger close mentality is to actually say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, if one were not at all and 10 was really, 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 you know, I'm totally ready, considering time, energy, resources and investment, how ready are you to actually make changes on this or how ready are you to actually fix this situation? And as a general rule, if people answer less than seven for me, I, I in my own personal sales process, if people answer less than seven, I'm reluctant to bring them on board because they're not enthusiastic enough. The timing's not right. I'm probably going to get objections where they say, well, you know, it sounds like a great solution, but I'm not ready right now. So, uh, you know, if, if someone answers more than seven out of 10, then it's obviously important to them. And it gives me the opportunity to go back and to challenge them in the close and say, you know, Mr. Client, you said that seven or your, your score was eight in terms of your urgency, your th- enthusiasm to do this, you know, what's actually holding you back? Because based on what you said, this was really, really important. So it's challenging them for their own benefit. Yep. Okay. So I love that. I think that works really well. One of the things that I've done or or have taught that's along the same lines, but but slightly different. And if it's okay, I'd love to share. Yeah, please. And that is you tie your discovery questions. So when you find out exactly what the pain point is, you say something like, look, what I want to do is I want to help you and then insert whatever the, you know, yeah, overcome the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to help you increase your revenue, you know, so mm-hmm. that gives you just that type of language that I want to help you close can help you then challenge that client. So yeah. this is kind of like a challenger strategy. So it fits in with that, but it's just the ticked, the language to help you start that conversation without being too aggressive. Yes. So Shandell, you told me that, you know, increasing your revenue from X to Y was really important to you in 2022. I want to help you do that. And in order for me to do that, I think we need to not look at this, but instead we should be looking at that. Is it okay if we can move our focus on it? So, you, you know, it's a, it's a great way to challenge them, but by getting permission at the same time. Absolutely. Because I know a lot of salespeople are worried that if they challenge their, their clients too heavily, that they'll lose them. Do yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So hopefully, so we've sort of combined a couple of things there, but I, hopefully people will be able to use that with a bit of confidence. It really works well. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a couple of really good techniques there that I think people will be able to use, um, and we're not suggesting you should use all of them at once. Oh, please don't do that. No, <laughs> it'll be overwhelming. <laughs> so, and this is a great thing about closing techniques, and I think it's lost on people, is you don't need to be an expert at all of them. Just find an, find one that really sits comfortable with your personality, your style, and your business. So, for example, for me, when I'm booking training, that assumptive close is just very natural because the next thing they need to do is book a meeting. So, you know, put some time in the diary for the training. So that's my go-to, right? Just to help it make it easy for people to agree so that yes. they don't have to feel like they're under a lot of pressure and to make it easy for me to transition from where, from where I am to the, to the next step. 100%. And, and on that too, you know, I think you made a really important point there, Mark, that I'd like to emphasize for listeners is that, you know, make people feel comfortable about the process that you're going to take them through to engage. You know, sometimes people are keen to get going, but they don't know what the next steps are or what they need to do. And so really outlining your process so that people can feel safe and comfortable that this is where we're going next. And that's really part of that assumptive thing. So Very cool. All right. So Shandell, if people are thinking about closing, what's the one message you would give them in relation to confident closing? Uh, Look, the one message I think is about, you know, 
being confident within yourself and 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 imagining yourself enter, like leaving leaving the situation with that next step closed you know so it's that mindset element and and when you've got that really solidly then you're going to ask then you're going to present then you're going to you know really do all of those steps whereas i think that that hesitation in terms of you know i don't want to ask or i'll see if you know if they're up for it or see how the meeting goes and then i'll kind of you know trans- translate what i need to do it's just being in that in that sense of confidence and and just ask whichever technique that you find which is most comfortable to you and your business like like you said mark you know make sure that you're including that in the sales process otherwise you know you do all that work and then at the last one percent you let it slide (laughs) (laughs) yep i agree it happens to a lot of people i think um so shandell people been listening to this they love it how can they get more of you what's the best way to interact with you yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we'd love to, um, we'd love to, to see you over in, uh, we have actually a, a, a free closed Facebook group where I do a lot of, um, little snippets and things like that. So you can find it at us at the NLP Sales Mastery Academy on Facebook. And I'd love to, um, just give a gift to the audience as well. You know, if you'd like to, um, to get more clarity around how you can be more confident in that process in assuming the sale, we have, our elevator pitch tool around refining your elevator pitch, which will help you to think about some of those things in that closing strategy. So I um, just want to give that as a gift to the audience today if they want to work through that and um, and get more confident in those closing strategies. Okay. And audience, you can just grab that straight in the show notes. So those links will be in the show notes. So no matter what platform you're on, you just scroll down, click link and, and go and grab that elevator pitch tool. That's awesome. Shandell, thanks for coming on the Boss Podcast for a second time. I really appreciate it. Hey, Mark, it was awesome to spend some time with you. And thanks to everybody for listening in. Really great to see you. Thanks again.